Hello and greetings everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. This is your host, Pastor Moore, and welcome once again to the Force of Faith podcast. Always remembering that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. It brings me great pleasure to have you here on the podcast today. Amen. While God is doing great and marvelous things in our lives, amen, in spite of the conditions that surround us, amen. Now, if you have your Bible in front of you, I would that you turn to Romans 5, 1 and 2, amen. And it reads, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Second verse, through whom we have gained access by faith into the disgrace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. I'm reminded of two seamen who had a conversation in a tragic situation. On one foggy night, the captain of a large container ship saw what appeared to be another ship's light approaching in the distance. This other ship was on a course that would mean a head-on crash. Quickly, the captain signaled to the approaching ship Please change your course 10 degrees west. The reply came blinking back through the thick fog. You change your course 10 degrees east. Indignantly, the captain pulled rank and shot a message back to the other ship. I'm a sea captain with 35 years of experience. You change your course 10 degrees west. Without hesitation, the signal flashed back. I'm a seaman, fourth class. You change your course 10 degrees east. Enraged and incensed, the captain realized that within minutes they would crash head on. So he blazed his final warning back to the fast approaching ship. I'm a 50,000 ton freighter. You change your course 10 degrees west. The simple message winked back. I'm a lighthouse. You change your course 10 degrees east. Recently I read one authority who said that in a total of 3,530 years of record civilization, only 286 of those years have been spent without a war taking place on this globe. Now during that period of time, 8,000 peace treaties uh, were broken. War seems to be inescapable. War is a test of two wheels in conflict, whether you are referring to the wheels of different nations or the wheels of individuals. All of us have strong wheels. 
We are determined to have our own way. Conflict works in the church and in the home. It comes from at least one individual or group must have their own way in the things that they want. Now, if they don't get their way, best better believe it's a war. Now, why does there seem to be such a battle of wheels going on everywhere we look? I believe the answer is pretty simple. Few of us truly possesses personal inner peace. Inside most of us, there's a war going on. We're fighting to prove our worth or our value. When someone crosses us left to uh, our own devices, we will strike back. So what is the secret to finding inner peace or becoming a peacemaker? I believe the secret is revealed in the book of Romans. In particular, we see part of the answer spelled out for us in our passage for study this morning in Romans 5, 1 and 2. But before we go there, allow me to set the stage for our study. Back in Romans 1, 18, we read these words, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. When we look at that verse, I took some time to explain what those two terms, ungodliness and unrighteousness, refer to. Ungodliness has to do with our relationship with God. When someone is said to be ungodly, it means that that person is not presently in a right relationship with God. The ungodliness is most often revealed in one's personal rebellion against God. The term unrighteousness referred to the manner in which people act towards one another. Basically, uh, they are not honest, just loving, kind, or gentle in their dealings with other people. They don't express the fruit of the Spirit that Paul points out to us in Galatians 5:22 and 23 concerning the way people interact with others. When we look at Romans 1.18, we also said that the order in which Paul writes those words is significant. If someone is not firstly in right vertical relationship with God, then it will show up in one's broken horizontal relationship with others. Or to put it another way, the degree to which we are rightly related to God will show up in the peaceful manner in which we relate to others. To make it even more simple, if we are at peace with God, if God is not direct his wrath at us, then we will more likely be at peace with others. We will be peacemakers. So how do we find peace with God? 
how does the wrath of God that is presently directed at people towards uh, uh, today go go away? How does that happen? How is God's wrath appeased? That's what Paul has been writing about since Romans 3.21 and continues to write about through the end of Romans 5. The word that Paul uses to describe how God makes it possible for others not to experience his wrath is God's action of justification. Justification is God's declaration or declaring you righteous and therefore completely acceptable to him because you have simply by faith put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now we can come to five, the fifth verse of Romans, where the overall theme of the chapter is to explain that what are some of the results of having been justified by God, whereas the scene from the beginning of Romans up until now has been likened unto a court. With a case being presented before a judge and a jury, the tenor of that scene was one of sternness, seriousness, fear, and heaviness. But now, beginning with chapter 5, the scene now shifts the inside, the palace of the loving Heavenly Father. It is a more of a restful and inviting scene. Gone are the atmospheres of injustice, the gavel of the judgment and the grueling self-examination. Gone is the pointing of the finger and the pronoun you, you, you. The tenor of these following chapters changes. The tenor is one of want, acceptance, and welcoming of a new status of sons and daughters of the King Jesus. It is almost the picture of having a family dinner with Jesus sitting at the head of the table. This tongue is sensed by the change in pronouns to we, we, we. This morning, as we look at only the first two verses of this section, we are going to witness several evidences of those who have experienced in their lives the reconciling work of God that comes in Jesus. We still see how it is that ever since the fall, there has been a conflict between man and God. But nor uh, that tense conflict is now over. In its place is acceptance and tranquility because of the finished works of Christ on the cross. As we look at those two verses, we are going to see three personal tests that can affirm whether or not one has truly been justified by Jesus Christ. Number one, 
three personal tests that can affirm whether or not one has been justified by Christ. And that's Romans 5, 1 through 2. In Romans 5, 1 through 2, we read, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Notice the very first and important word in chapter 5, 1, is therefore. This word tells us that Paul is drawing together some important conclusions or facts based upon everything he has said thus far concerning our justification and having been made righteous in Christ. Notice that Paul declares that our justification is a past act of God, complete once and for all. It is a past act based upon our putting our faith in Jesus Christ. For those who have put their confidence in Jesus' finished works on the cross, we have been justified by faith. And there are several results that are now true for every believer. Again, we are given three results in these verses. The degree to which these true uh, verses in our lives is the degree to which we are truly grasping the significance of God's justification and his work in Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. The war, God is over. Amen. The war with God is over. The first result of our justification is stated in the second half of the verse. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. The war with God is over. The term peace is used in contrast to other words in this chapter, such verses uh, as uh, verse 9, the wrath, and in verse 10, enemies. This is the same wrath of God that Paul referred to in the beginning of the letter in Romans 1 and 18. This peace does not refer to the peace of God in the sense of calm one feels knowing that God is in control as used in Philippians 4 and 7. Instead, this term refers to the peace we will have with God. Amen. And as you use here, the term peace, it also refers to the sensation, sensation or absence of hostilities that once existed between enemies. In turn, it is the peace that has produced the removal of alienation and replaced that alienation with the acceptance, well-being, prosperity, and salvation for those who have put their trust in Christ. Paul points out that our war with God is over once and for all. 
what Jesus Christ has done on the cross has taken care of not only the results of our wrong actions and problems in the past and present, but forever. No more wrath of God will ever be aimed at the believer. Furthermore, this peace was something that God had arranged and initiated from his side of the relationship. We were helpless due to spiritual deadness to initiate anything. As verse 2 states, this is a result of God's grace towards us. We have nothing to boast about in the sense of having earned this peace. This peace comes as a gift from God. Back in Romans 4, Paul uses Abraham as an Old Testament example of one who has been justified by faith. Do you know what title the scripture gave to Abraham that signified his justification? James tells us in James 2 and 23, and in the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed in God uh, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. He was declared and made forever a permanent friend of God. And so is everyone who follows in his footsteps by putting their trust in Jesus Christ. The war is over. Peace rules our forever relationship with God as his friend rather than his enemy. Earlier in a letter to the church in the district of Galatia, Paul wrote these words that described all of those people who had put their trust in Christ. In Galatians 3 and 26, we read, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. And then just a few verses later in Galatians 4, 4 and 6, Paul follows up by uh, using these comments. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because of you being sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. We are not just friends of God, my friend. We are now permanent members of God's family. His adopted children whom he will never disown or reject. Although we get there in time. Look at what Paul writes a few verses later in Romans 5 and 10. He says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Notice the past tense word. 
We were enemies with God, but no longer. All conflict between God and us is over. However, be warned that although our conflict ends with God, as soon as it does, another conflict will begin between you and your adversary, Satan. But not to fear. God tells us elsewhere in the scripture that although we may succumb to a few of Satan's lies and temptations, in the end, Jesus has already won the battle for us. Amen. Praise God. We will never be separated from the love of God or left defenseless against the enemy's attacks. I love these words of assurance that flows from Paul's pen at the end of Romans 8, 37 and 39. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God. Three universal experiences of those who have found peace with God. One, Freedom from the fear of God. 1 John 4 and 18. Amen. Praise God. The second is freedom from fear of death. As we read that in Hebrews 2, 15 and 15. Secondly, when we understand that we are accepted by God at peace with God and love by him, we now no longer fear death or coming face to face with God. Look with me as we turn to Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. It reads, that through death he, speaking of Jesus Christ, might render powerless him who had the power of death that is the devil and he Jesus might deliver those who through fear of death were subject to slavery praise God and thirdly freedom to serve Jesus unhesitationally and confidently amen when a Christian is convinced this truth, that he or she is eternally secured in, in Jesus Christ, uh, reconciled to God forever, that person is not only freed from the fear of God and the fear of death, but that person is now free to serve Jesus unhesitantly and confidently, even in the face of martyrdom. Amen. Praise God. Now, let us pray before we close this message and teaching today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, and we thank you for assuring us of the peace that comes through reconciliation 
by the deeds done of Jesus Christ in his death on the cross. But we not only thank him for dying for us, but we thank him because he rose again that we might have everlasting life. And Lord, we ask you to restore the confidence to those who feel weak in spirit. Lord, we, we, we ask that you uplift those that are walking in discouragement and let them know that you are God of promise and you are able and fully capable of fulfilling every word that is written in the word of God. And Lord, because of this, we thank you and we give you peace and we give you grace and we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next time, my friend, may God's riches and best be yours.